I'm Emma G, radio host and Girl Power presenter. These inspiring chats with women living authentically and kicking goals will get you stepping into your power. Know your worth. Rule your realm. Become your own powerhouse. Whenever someone says, no, you can't do that, that just really means you can. Now you just kind of have to figure a way around it. You are awesome and you have something that no one else does. No one's journey or path is the same, which is why you should never, ever compare yourself to other people. If you want to do something, you go and do it. Imagine if everyone just spoke their truth. Why is it that we want what we can't have? Why are we attracted to people who are no good for us? Can we really be with one person forever? If you've ever found yourself in a toxic relationship, if you've ever cheated or been cheated on, if you're still looking for the one or wondering if that one is still for you, this chat will get you feeling more empowered in your relationship with others and with yourself. This is part one of two. This episode is more about the relationship side of things. Next week's ebb is all about how to bring out that inner goddess in the bedroom. You probably best know Bethany Hiska as the beautiful blonde bombshell that presents the traffic to us every day. And yes, she is a TV reporter, but also moonlights as a counsellor specialising in relationships, abuse and sex therapy. She's also the host of the Yes Daddy podcast and currently writing a book, Yes Daddy, Why You Like Assholes and How to Stop Fixing. She's also mum to three gorgeous boys. So Bethany, thanks so much for joining me in the Empower House. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I love the title of your book. (laughs) So in that, you talk about the link between relationships you had in your childhood and how they affect relationships as an adult. What's your theory on that? I had a very interesting sort of dating life from when I was really, really young. And, you know, I I love my dad. He was a good dad at times, but he was um, quite sort of abusive towards my mother and towards us in in some ways as well. Right. And as I got older, uh, choosing all the wrong men, I kind of <laughs> can relate. <laughs> yeah. We'd be there, sister. <laughs> I like realized there was a pattern and lots of them actually reminded me of my dad. Like they all needed mm. fixing. They had, you know, they were sort of deep and spiritual and like my dad was a bodybuilder. So they had that same build, same everything. And they, they started making me feel like my dad used to make me feel. And I was like, that's really interesting. And then as I got older and older and got more into sex and whatever, the, the whole daddy thing <laughs> came into play. And I was like, why, why is that? Why do girls like that? Is that, is that a thing? Mm. And then that's sort of what got me thinking, like maybe the relationship I had with my dad, I'm sort of trying to recreate that somehow. And why am I doing that? Yeah. yeah. And why am I allowing myself to be treated like crap? Yeah. So, so that was, it was really a journey about myself. Mm. Mm. And so have you found the answer? Why do we date <laughs> assholes? Tell us, oh, please. Oh, <laughs> gosh, where do I even begin? Um, I think personally with me, I was trying to reconnect um, with my dad through these men, as weird as that might sound, like to finally gain acceptance and love, but like going again about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So I think it has a lot to do with self-respect and self-love. I think everything comes down to self-love. Um, and self-worth. Definitely. Yeah, I'll probably keep repeating that because <laughs> that is the underlying issue. So if you don't value yourself, you seek that validation from Elsewhere. somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. And in terms of fixing people, like looking for people that you feel need to be fixed, I can relate to that definitely as well. Like I've always been attracted to people that I can see all this potential in them and I can heal them and (laughs) I can help them. And so why do you think we do that? Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Mm. So 
part of me thinks it's like a, a maternal instinct in some way. Mm. Like they're like, oh, you, you poor little boys. Like no one's loved you properly and I've got all this love to give and, and I can give it to yes. you and I can make you better and you can you can be healed and you can be amazing and, and sort of I'll get the credit for it as well. Like there's a little bit of sort of ego thing. Well, um, it makes you feel good to make yeah, somebody else feel good. Exactly. Right? Like yeah. you want to help. Yeah. But it's, it's really dangerous to fall in love with potential because – Nine times out of ten, they don't change and they don't get better because they don't want to and all they do is end up walking all over you or they resent you for trying to change them. And really it all comes from a good place. Like you're just trying to help that person become the best version of themselves. But like you've said, most people don't change. Or I actually think people do change but they have to want to change themselves. Exactly. It's like it's something that they have to to come to terms with and they want to do in their own time. Yeah. And so if you're you're trying to push that, it's just not going to – It's not going to work. I think the dangerous thing about falling in love with potential is that you're falling in love with the idea of a person. Mm -hmm. You're not falling in love with that person as they are. You have to accept them as they are Mm -hmm. in that moment. And and you never really know who somebody's going to become, do you? Yeah. But you just have to make a decision based on how you know them in that in that moment, in that time that you're with them. Exactly. And and even if they do become like who you think they can become. That means that they're sort of like a different person. So the dynamic dynamic between you guys might change. Mm. It might be completely different. And so when we talk about being attracted to assholes, like <laughs> the bad boy or the one that plays hard to get or the one that's emotionally unavailable, why do you think it is that we we want what we can't have? And I think this applies both ways, like for guys and girls. And we're into guys, so we're talking from that perspective. Yep. But um, obviously this conversation is intended to be inclusive. So mm-hmm. people listening, you know, interpret it as whatever way it applies to you in your life. Why do you think it is that we're attracted to what we can't have? Well, I think it's an ego thing. Mm. You know, this person is not accepting us or loving us properly. And because we're not loving ourselves properly, we continue to strive to be what they need while neglecting what we actually need, which is love for ourselves and acceptance for ourselves. You can also be addicted to the drama, mm, um, yes. like the highs and lows. Are there chem- chemical reactions in the brain that can be measured? Like it's addictive, just like chocolate. <laughs> you can actually get addicted to that sort of cycle of of abuse and excitement and, you know, the makeup sex and everything. Yeah, so, that heat. Yeah, yeah and, and the passion. And that's I think that's also why girls always say, oh, but he's so good in bed. You know, that makeup sex after, like toxic Sex with a toxic man is, you know, pretty good. Um, <laughs> not <laughs> encouraging that. No, no not at all. No, girl. <laughs> Don't do it. So I want to talk about actually that kind of heat and passion that you talk about because, yes, you're always attracted to that can't keep your hands off him, looks at you like he can see into your soul. Like I'm, And I'm, I'm a Pisces, so, you know. <laughs> I think that's the mistake a lot of us make, like that heat, passion kind of, in a relationship versus the comfortable, safe, secure feeling. Yes, definitely. I mean, what is more important? Like, can you have a healthy relationship that also has that heat and that passion? If you asked me that four years ago, I would have said no. (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) But without going into, like, how happy I am at the moment with my perfect fiancé. You guys just (laughs) on your Instagram, like, you are radiating happiness. It's really beautiful and it gives me hope. (laughs) Yeah, no, it should because now I truly believe that you can have that. I was quite sceptical before. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 36 and I had never had, you know, a normal, happy relationship like this that the sex was also good in or I've never just had everything in one person. Yeah. But it does exist. As for love or lust, 
that's really what it is, isn't it? It's yeah. That heat and passion that we're talking about. That's the yeah. lust feelings. And that I feel, does that fade? People say, oh, but it fades eventually. But um, it, it does, but like love's built up over time and is reciprocated. And lust is kind of, again, a chemical reaction. When you first meet someone, it's that excitement and that rush and that it's always going to be kind of hot and heavy. And then as the relationship progresses, you kind of get closer and there's so many different levels of a relationship as it gets Mm. deeper into it. But you can definitely have both, I believe, now. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you found your happy ending. That's really awesome (laughs) to hear. Everyone tells me to shut up. They're like, whatever. (laughs) Well, he's out there. It means he's out there. So all these things we're talking about, I feel like are kind of signs of a toxic relationship. So Mm -hmm. feeling like we don't love ourselves enough, we don't have that self-worth, and then we fall into this cycle of being attracted to people that treat us badly. Mm -hmm. How do you then get yourself out of this cycle? If you find yourself in a toxic relationship and you know the way you're being treated is not healthy. You, you really need to acknowledge that it's, that it's a problem with you. It starts with you mm. and your self-worth. Like why are you letting this person treat you like this? They say you teach people how to treat you. Exactly. Right, exactly. by what you accept or don't accept. Yeah. So mm. I, I always recommend it might be the last straw their heart is broken for the last time and they're just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I, d- I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. I always say take a break from men, like at least six months, find yourself, heal yourself, read books, take yoga classes, you know, s- start a new healthy eating program. Like just look after yourself. All the self-love things. Yeah. yeah. Like d- delve deep into who you are. Don't like shy away from, from all the the issues that you've been sort of like pushing under the carpet for your whole life. Mm. Get them out, get raw with it and really, really get to know yourself. Because once you do that and once you have that that self-worth and that stillness within you that you know you're worth more, then you will attract the right man. That is so true, right? You yeah. put out the, the right energy and because mm-hmm. you're happy, you you give that off and people exactly. are drawn to that. Yeah. Like I always I always thought, why am I attracting these idiots all the time? Like every single guy I attract is the same. Like even with my ex-husband, I thought he was different and kind and he turned out to be the worst one of the lot. Yeah. And it's only after I'd done lots of soul searching, self-love stuff and started going, you know what, I deserve way better than this. That's when I started like attracted the, the right one to me finally. So realising you deserve better and yeah. realising you're worth more. Yeah, and it is like the law of attraction stuff, like attracts like. So if you're, if you're attracting people from a place of need and desperate, just – negative feelings yeah yeah then you're gonna get a piece of shit yeah (laughs) pretty much I think personally if you're gonna ever marry someone you need to be with them for three years at least interesting okay because then you see them through all the stages Yeah, because they can fake it for quite a while depends how good they are (laughs) (laughs) and it might not even be that they're being they're presenting themselves as something that they're not yeah it might just be that we're not seeing it you know that we're choosing to only see the good parts of it exactly or hot or to or to hope for that potential change like we talked about yeah Absolutely. You said to, you know, if you are finding yourself having these feelings to take a break from dating, mm-hmm. I've had quite a lot of friends that are online dating and have said this to themselves. So, you know, I'm just going to do a detox from online dating. I'm taking a break. I'm off all of the Tinder, everything mm-hmm. and <laughs> Bumble and all that. And I'm just going to take a break. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the online dating scene? I've had a lot of friends with success stories from yeah. those apps. Well, I have actually had a success story. I had a long-term relationship 
straight out of my divorce. But the downside to that is that he used those dating apps to cheat on me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, right. So if you're meeting, and also you're meeting someone on there and you're talking to your girlfriend, oh, I talked to this guy and she's like, oh, is that this guy? And, you know, because it's, I mean, Adelaide, Adelaide. yeah, everybody knows everybody. talking to everyone and yeah. everyone's having sex with everyone and it's quite gross <laughs> and incestual. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we can't generalise. Not everyone. But yeah. No, not everyone. Uh, do you think those apps are good for that? Like is that what people are on there for when is that the intention? If you're going on those dating sites, it's like, okay, I'm just looking for one thing. Well, online dating has pros and cons. It depends on the person. And, okay. and what you're wanting out of it. Just use your intuition and brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> brain. Just be careful. Yeah. And so do you think someone should put on their profile what they're seeking? Like if they are genuinely wanting something serious, they should make that really clear Absolutely, up front. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite fun. Just like it was addictive swiping, swiping, swiping. But I was like, well, no, no, no. no. <laughs> it feels like a game. <laughs> yeah. I want your thoughts on how to interpret mixed signals from someone and this I guess comes back to that wanting what you can't have like playing yes. games oh, gosh. so I hate games just be upfront with me if you're into me tell me mm-hmm. like that's attractive oh, <laughs> be direct I know I want you <laughs> I'm taking you out you know yeah. but because people do like what they can't have mm. do we need to play the games do we need to not reply to the text and <sighs> make him wait and all of that Bullshit. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have a lot to say on this subject. Great. <laughs> Floor um, is yours. Yeah, so mixed mix signals uh, are not cute when you're an adult. That shit doesn't fly. Just yes. be straight yeah. out, yes. honestly. <laughs> like, stop fucking around. It's all, you know, we're wasting my time, wasting your time. Yeah. I say, like, if he's into you, you'll know. Mm. Um, and it's consistent and you don't have to guess. Game playing just, it shouldn't ever be a thing and yes it comes down to self-respect like what are you willing to put up with sometimes people have a legit reason not to text busy yourself with your own shit but if it's if you feel that it's he's actually playing games with you or whatever oh gosh just let it go ain't nobody got time for that yeah (laughs) but in saying that as well as a as a woman my grandma always told me to keep a little bit of mystery Um, you know don't come on too strong like no one likes that boy or girl no one likes that Mm. um like the more desperately people cling to you naturally the more you want to pull away just being confident and you know being unapologetically you is attractive to the person that's right for you so to the person that's right for you and I agree with that you're never going to be too much for the right person exactly. like if you be yourself you'll attract people that are right for you yes you know if you do if it, the way you're behaving is turning somebody off then they're not your person exactly that's it. yeah so when we do first meet somebody what do you think we should kind of look out for? Like, I think what we are, all know this. <laughs> what are some, let's say red flags first. Red flags, okay. So, for example, like I've got some friends who are like, okay, somebody with kids is a deal breaker. Um, he has to be tall. He has Gosh. to, like, things like that. I think when it comes to physical things and kids and stuff like that, you just need to be open. My fiancé said he would never date a woman with kids again. <laughs> and he would and never he live now in Australia. And three. <laughs> and he was, like, yeah. he, when we met, he, he lived in New Zealand. Like, he's a Kiwi. So we met online. I actually stalked him on Instagram. Really? <laughs> I was like, this guy's cute. <laughs> and then we started talking and he's like, it's never going to work because, you know, I'm, I'm never dating anyone with kids again because I got too close to... Like he had an ex with kids and he loved them so much. It was like really hard. Yeah. Now he's here in Australia with three kids. <laughs> with three kids. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So never say never. Yeah, so exactly. things like, so I think it's important to know kind of what's, what's important to you and what your values are, like what yeah. your deal breakers are, mm-hmm. but you know, to have flexibility, I guess on exactly if somebody is the right person, mm-hmm. you'll be, you'll compromise on things. Yeah. Straight away, you can't see a red flag except for the ones where 
they're totally into like way too much too soon. Like, oh my God, I think I love you. You know, within the first week that is run, 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 run. <laughs> you know, sending yeah. you love quotes and stuff. You need to get out of there. Oh, I don't mind that. <laughs> straight away though. Maybe not straight up, but I am into the corny inspirational quotes. I'm all about that. <laughs> but yeah, okay. And I think you can also tell a lot about somebody by the way that they treat a waiter. Uh, absolutely agree. That gives you red flags straight yep, away because yep. you can see the kind of way they interact with somebody that they, you know, mm-hmm. they don't know. Or That is so true. Yes. I've always noticed that too. And bad shoes. <laughs> Come on. You're just bad saying shoes. physical appearance is something shallow. Oh, bad shoes. <laughs> I'll budge on the bad shoes. I get around in my active wear as you can Me see. Me too, usually. I dressed up for you though. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making the effort. <laughs> okay, then on the other hand, green flags. So what are seriously some signs we should look for or things that we should, you know, if reflecting on our relationship and asking ourselves, am I in a healthy relationship? Is this person for me? What are some things that we, some signs that yes, it is a positive, healthy relationship that's good for us? The first thing that I'll I'll say about that is communication is like the most important thing. You need to have open and honest communication, no silent treatment or any of those kind of things. Like you need to be able to communicate well. Um, Silent treatment is like talk. Yes. For me, and I'm sure for many others, but Mm -hmm. I am a communicator. I need to talk about my feelings. Everybody knows how I'm feeling all of the time. Mm -hmm. And I once had a partner who didn't support me being on the radio, Mm. which was like what I was striving for my entire life. Yeah. And I would do a shift and I would come home and I'd get silent treatment. And mm. I would come home from something I felt really proud of Mm -hmm. and happy doing and then would come home and be not spoken to because I did something that person didn't like. Wow. See, that's two red flags in one. Exactly. <laughs> you know, not supporting something exactly. that makes you happy. And mm-hmm. then and then that got myself out of that one. Thank but God. yeah, I think communication <laughs> is keep feeling that you can say and be who you, you want to be exactly. and express yourself without being, you know, punished or silenced or judged. Yeah. You can't be thinking like any disagreement doesn't, that's going to threaten the relationship just because you have a disagreement. You're too scared to say things. Mm. That's not what a relationship should be. It should be respectful, honour boundaries, doesn't pressure. Um, mm-hmm. Someone who has longstanding friendships is always a really, really good sign. Mm, um, interesting. And yeah, so good listening skills and communication, number one. Mm. And by listening, that means like really taking in what yes, you're saying. like active listening. Active listening. <laughs> <Not> just <laughs> looking at the football and going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, that listening is really attractive. Like if yeah. somebody actually hears what you're saying and then takes it on board and then shows you later that they like maybe remembered something that you had exactly. said you're doing yep. or you mentioned you liked a certain thing and that is that is really hot. Yeah, it is very <laughs> exactly. Well, because it shows you you actually genuinely care. Yeah. As a relationship counselor, what are some of the most common issues that you have found people coming to you with? Well, that one, lack of communication. Yeah. Definitely. Money is a big one. Mm. That's a very big one. As in different opinions in like how to manage finances. Yeah. Mm. I get a lot of people that are in like a parent-child relationship as well where it's like an imbalance of power. So one partner feels like they're parenting the other partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or and (laughs) the other person feels like they're the child and they're just constantly getting in trouble and they're controlled and they don't like it. Mm. Differing sex drives as well Mm. is a big one. Um, And just not feeling appreciated in general. Yeah. (laughs) There's so much there that I I want to unpack. (laughs) I was like, how do we fix that? How do we fix that? How do we fix that? Okay. I feel like something with money values, that's something that's really hard to deal with because I feel like that is a deep 
values thing. Like mm-hmm. one person is usually saver and the other person may be a spender or yeah. it's something that's like deeply in you that I feel like is really hard to change. Exactly, it is. And it, it's very, very hard when two opposites are trying to come together with finances. So that's, again, where communication comes in. You need to come to a middle ground. It can't just be one way or the other with money. But obviously you have to be realistic with it too. You have to live within your means and be smart about it. And then as far as the parent-child issue, it's that kind of power imbalance like you said right Mm -hmm. how do you tackle that it depends who is the parent who is the child like whether Mm -hmm. they're willing to work on it or not again self-respect comes into it too like if you're letting the person treat you like a child or if if you're the parent of the relationship it's sort of similar to to my marriage where I was doing everything like everything raising the kids like he, he would work, he had his own business, so he'd work, but I, I was doing everything else, like running everything, mm-hmm. including his life, <laughs> but like because he wasn't doing it. and So you felt responsible for him. I felt responsible for him. Yeah. I wanted him to have a good life and I was trying to like not control. Manage. But, but ma- manage, yeah. yeah. Manage three kids and a household and like a husband who needed to manage like the only income coming in as well. So, you know. Yeah. And so I just ended up seeing him more like a – child than another a child partner. And, to, yeah and that and that has a flow-on effect onto sex and attraction and all that stuff and then you just end up resenting them having gone through your own experiences and and learning from failed relationships and then all the couples that you see coming to you do you think it is realistic that we can be with one person forever I do I definitely do because the grass is greener where you water it whatever you put your energy into is what grows and flourishes if you are getting bored with your relationship or bored with your partner and you're looking elsewhere, then that's naturally going to fall away and disintegrate. But if you work on it and just do something new, whether it's in the bedroom or, or whatever, again, communication, like talking about like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, why don't we try this? Why don't we do this? You know, like love is a choice. It's not a feeling. So Interesting. You, yes. What? Explain. <laughs> <laughs> love is a feeling. It is. Well, it it ebbs and flows, it can go away, but you need to purposefully love people sometimes. Like sometimes you need to consciously love your partner, especially when they keep letting the rubbish pile up in the bin and you have told (laughs) them five times to take it out and they were, you know, day-to-day life can make things a bit dull after a while. Mm. So you need to, you need to fantasize in your head, like throughout the day, if we've had a fight, I will think of things in my in my mind, like thinking about him kissing me and thinking about all these things we can do and like looking back at some of our amazing, most amazing moments and thinking remembering about all our, the good things. Yeah, yeah, rem- yeah. like imagining like our wedding that we're going to have in November of this year. And I, I start feeling butterflies again and I start, you know, getting that feeling. And we've, we've been together three years and we're still like just as obsessed with each other as we were in the beginning. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I, I, I put that it. down to us both constantly, consciously loving each other and working through our problems. <laughs> So in answer to your question in a very roundabout way, yes, I do believe you can be with the same person. You just, you've got to work at it. It's work. Yeah. And it's so much easier to just, you know, oh, the grass is greener on the other side, you know, and stray or fantasize about someone else or be tempted or, but you're so right. Like even with that person, if you were with them for a few years too, you'd be feeling probably the same. Like, so you have to work at it. Mm. And why would you throw away like years of getting to know someone perfectly and all the stuff you go to get through together just to throw it away for like a one night stand that feels good, you know, and then you're just like, oh, let's start again. And then same thing happens. (laughs) Yeah. For just a fleeting moment of 
yeah. lust. Yeah. Like I think yeah. people need to realize that it does get dull. It ebbs and flows. It grows in different ways. You both become different people, but you, you have to grow together. Is that, do you think, why people cheat? Because they get bored? There's lots of different reasons why people cheat, but ultimately I think it comes down to the person not being happy with themselves mm. and if they're not getting the, the absolute attention that they think they deserve to be getting from their partner at any given time or something more exciting comes along I mean th- some people might cheat as a way of rejecting rather than being rejected as well like if they feel the other person pulling away they're like well I'm going to get you before you get me mm, or I think you're cheating so I'm just going to go cheat mm. that's something that happens commonly interesting being disconnected from yeah your partner feeling unloved lack of communication again I'll say it yeah so important and Definitely the child-parent relationship can be a massive reason for cheating because, you don't, you, you know, who wants to have sex with their parent? No one. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully yeah, not. you're not. Yeah, that's so true though. Like somebody's treating you like your mother. Yeah. You don't feel it's attracted to that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and some people are just addicted to sex, like there's sexually addictive behaviour that happens. They're addicted to that high of, of having like a one-night stand. And can you, do you think a relationship can recover from that? Yeah, it depends on the on the person, but if if the partner truly regrets it and wants to, I mean, I've always said that there's two types of cheating. So there's there's the cheating that happens, you know, you're out, you get drunk, you meet someone, you like one night stand kind of thing or a coworker, you know, it just it just happens. Um and then there's the other type of cheating where it's it's like an ongoing constant betrayal. So as in there are feelings probably involved in yeah. that type. It's not just the physical act. And that's, I think, for women, I've noticed the most, that's the one that's harder to forgive because that's just like an ongoing deception. It depends if you examine it together. It doesn't necessarily mean that they don't love you or that the relationship's over or whatever. It just it just might be something that you need to talk about together as to why it happened and each take responsibility for why why it happened. For people who are cheated, have been cheated on, they're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? I did nothing wrong. But. Well, like my first ever love, he, he would disagree with this, but he cheated on me seven times. He thinks that every time we were having a break, uh, oh, we were on a break. That's a common one. Yeah. <laughs> but in my mind, he cheated on me seven times. And on the seventh time, I was like, okay, done. But looking at that, when you just said, you know, what role did I play playing that? Well, mm. I accepted that yeah. six times. Yeah. And that's to my credit, I was like very young. Yeah. But <laughs> it's my own self-worth, mm. my own issues of, oh, well, I deserve that. Yeah. So learning to love myself and accept yeah. more than that and say mm. that's actually not okay. Exactly. And that's really common for like young girls, especially with their first love, especially with the p- first person that they sleep with. That really it happens a lot. Yeah. Is that because that person makes you feel something you've never felt before and I, you're so deeply connected? That I person. think so. And I think when you're a little girl and you're thinking about losing your virginity or stuff, like most of us, we're like the first person we do it with is going to be the person we're going to be with forever. I know. <laughs> I, I totally really thought, thought that. that. He's so my lobster. <laughs> <laughs> your friend's fan has been a few friends for now. So and that first harder. cut is the deepest. That's what they say, right? Yes. Well, actually, I talk about it in my book, how the, the first one sets the precedent for every, everyone else. Like I, I was broken about my first fat for a long, long, long time. Yeah, same. Where do you think this idea that we have to be in a relationship to be happy comes from? Like being single is a bad thing. You know, you go to a family event and everyone's like, oh, don't worry, we'll find you a nice man. Or even if you are in a relationship, it's like, oh, when are you having kids? As if you have to, in order to progress in life, you have to be in a happy relationship first. 
See, I, I think that just came from like when we were sort of less civilized and we had to shack up with a man and have babies and, and that was like our sole purpose. Um, and I think we're built to be partnered, mm. you know. I think that I mean, we're not made to be alone, but in saying that I don't necessarily think that we need to be in a relationship to be happy, not at all. So it comes from, I guess, like societal pressures. Definitely. Mm. I think that's that's a huge part of it. Some people say, oh, I don't ever want to get married or settle down, but I don't yeah. know. I can't imagine not. Yeah. I feel like that's always, sure, I'm, you know, on a career that I'm like striving for this and this and this and other aspects of my life are important, but at the end of the day, it's always in my mind that yeah. like, yeah, I want to be with somebody forever. Yeah. Well, that's so cute. And also <laughs> natural. You're such a romantic. Oh, I'm a hopeless romantic. My dad used to be a wedding videographer and he, he used to have his computer like back in the nineties when he had like one computer in the house it was right next to where I slept. So I would fall asleep every night listening to him ed- edit wedding videos. Oh I'd be falling asleep to love songs every night. Oh. Explains a bit, right? Yes. <laughs> Times have changed since then. Let's talk about social media a little bit. How mm-hmm. has social media affected relationships, do you think? Has it killed that really important communication that you're talking about? Like, is it much easier to deceive or has it created more jealousy, do you think, between partners? You can go on there and, like, stalk your boyfriend's ex and, you know, all <laughs> of love that, that added <laughs> drama. <laughs> I don't think it's – no, I don't think it's ruined relationships. It just, like you said, just made it way easier to cheat. And any sort of phone usage does, does take your attention away from your partner. That's why when we're at dinner, my partner and I always put our phone away yes oh my god yeah that is just when you're trying to talk to somebody and Mm. they just half of their brain is on their phone they're like a zombie so rude yep so you think you need to create some rules about exactly yeah acceptable Mm -hmm. use of your device in your relationship totally (laughs) like no phone in the bedroom (laughs) except for sex playlists (laughs) (laughs) love it when the first thing you're doing in the morning is like turning over and scrolling through your instagram before you even like look at your partner's face just sorry do Um, do you have any else to say about just yeah one more thing <laughs> the external validation that anyone is getting they're getting used to being externally validated from your likes and your followers exactly. and that's so dangerous it as is. well yep. because we are seeking affirmation constantly mm-hmm. from others and that gets addictive too As well as a relationship counsellor, you are a sex therapist. So I want to end part one of our chat here. And in part two, I want us to delve into that. I haven't got any notes for this. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need them, baby. (laughs) She's all speaking from experience. So to wrap up this ep, I like to ask all Empowerhouse guests to leave us with a soul spritz, I call. So like a little pep talk, a final thought. I would just say, at the risk of sounding cliche, that you are the only you that exists in the entire world. You're, you're worth something. You are beautiful and you bring something to this world that nobody else brings. You owe it to yourself to give yourself the best life possible and learn to really enjoy who you really are. If you were as inspired by this chat as I was, please share it with someone else you think might also benefit from listening. Let's spread this self-love, help others shine their light and see our sisters rise too. I'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, rate and or review the Empower House pod. And for more inspo or info or to let me know what you'd like to hear more of, go to empowerhouse.com.au or I'm on Instagram at em.powerhouse. Thanks so much for listening. Catch you next time.